in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Welcome back. Hi. We're here again. We are. This is episode fifty-two、Woo-hoo. of Two White Chicks in China. I am your co-host Nora, and I'm from the U.S. <laughs> and I'm Holly, and I'm from the northeast of England. If you couldn't tell from yeah, her accent. <laughs> so, what do we have today? Do we have some news or comments or what's going on?、Holly? We've got all of the above and a Ooh. review. Ooh. So,、um, this review comes from Jay and Sharon Gallagher. I think I think it's Gallagher. I think that's how you pronounce it. And they have said that the podcast is inspiring, informative, and fun. Who did we pay? I know. I, I'm wondering <laughs> that. So they've said your work is fantastic. The details and cultural norms a Westerner would expect、uh, make you realize what challenges one would face. Six stars. Woohoo! <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, thank you for that review. Yes, it was rather、you. nice.、Um, and so since last week,、uh, we've had some comments. Um, so this one comes from Mark about our Mark Brandt, by the way,、uh, our number one, our, our number, number two yeah, fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Then this is he, so he's、uh, commenting on our last episode, which was episode fifty-one. And so in last week's episode, we talked about、um, the being a good Samaritan in China and if it ex- if it exists and. If I do say so myself, I think it was a really good episode. So if you haven't listened, go back. Yeah, my mom was even saying. My mom always goes to bed before midnight, and she started listening to our podcast、mm-hmm. before nice, going nice, to sleep.、Nice. And usually, she'll fall asleep to it. <laughs> but that episode, <laughs> 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 but that episode, she said she she was up until one in the morning. She found、nice. it really fascinating, and she was telling my dad all about it the next day. So it was an interesting topic and kind of a、That's、shocking.、It. Topic, and I think something—it's、yeah. kind of an insight that people don't know about.、Mm. Um, so yeah, if you haven't heard it, listen to episode fifty-one. You, if you go to writtenchinese.com/slash/episode fifty-one, that's right. Then you can find it if you don't have it in your iTunes or、mm-hmm. Stitcher feed. Are we on yeah, Stitcher? Yeah, and plus, if you go to Written Chinese episode fifty-one. Then you can see the videos. We put a、oh. link.、Uh, Nora mentioned another. Situation where a foreigner like fainted in the metro, and I've put the video in the on the page so you can go and see that because that is pretty like <laughs> that's, pretty that's amazing to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, so Mark says,、uh, "Sounds like China can be very beep up, as can any country." Um, but then again, isolated incidents don't define reality. I have helped people in distress and not helped them depending on my mood. I guess human nature is universal. Can be helpful. Helpful to be left to one's own devices if one plans to live a long time. <laughs> Great podcast. Thanks、nice. for that piece of insight, Mark. <laughs> And we also had a comment from Alexis Taylor. She says, "Hi, ladies. Just started re-listening to your podcast after Matt and I went to see People's Park, a documentary film about the famous park. I'm sure you know all about it." As a former Chengdu and Nora, <laughs> f-、uh, felt like we were right back there on the mainland. I haven't seen the documentary. Me, I mean, I've been to People's Park. Have you? Yeah, but I haven't seen the. Yeah, many times, but I haven't seen the. Actual, the I didn't realize there was a movie about it. It's interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll have to check it out and mention it.、Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Uh, okay, so here's our news. Like, I know I keep going, coming back to this over and over again, but I just can't help myself because... Is it a weight loss challenge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, this challenge is um, to wrap or roll a hundred UN note around your wrist. Oh. I still haven't done this. When Which I read way? this article... Actually, actually, like, uh... Wouldn't that be really easy? Yeah, it's not... I mean, because... Lengthwise? I definitely couldn't do any of those other challenges, but I reckon that that's probably quite easy, even for me. That has so little to do with... Well, all of them have nothing really to do with fitness. Yeah. It's just bone structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. And I haven't had... I haven't actually had a hundred on me, so I haven't tried this out yet, but I really want to. (laughs) Oh, we should have brought one to the show. No, no. So, uh, basically... Uh, yeah, this is just another of these hot, hot, like hot uh, fitness trends, and you can see them on Weibo and also on this like video sharing app that's new in China called May Maypie. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, of course everyone's posting pictures. Uh, and actually, what I discovered was I'd missed one out during I think during our time off, like over Chinese New Year, I, I missed one, which was the iPhone six legs. Oh no! Right. What's this? So, um, you, I, I guess you sit down like, if say if you sat on a chair, and the iPhone six needs to be uh, horizontal, mm-hmm. and then you put the 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 horizontal iPhone like across your legs, and if your legs are the same length as the iPhone phone le- iPhone six length, then that, that makes you fit. We both one leg. No, both. both legs. Both legs. I guess towards your knees, I guess that's where... There's a picture. Oh, Go and have a look. no like, way I would right. need that. I, me neither. <laughs> I would need, like, an, uh, what's the new one? iPad Pro? That's what I would need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, so, that's so, so that's, you know, that's another one I thought I needed to tell you. So, oh, actually, according to this article, uh, some netizens also found... The challenge too easy, of course, and started to challenge themselves using smaller and shorter notes, such as the five or ten yuan, to prove their extreme fitness. Whoa! I'd be impressed <laughs> if it was the Wu Mao so note. The oh, teeny, that's a tiny, tiny, tiny one. I bet there are girls who can do that. Probably. I'm gonna find out when we finish this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to our question. Uh, this question comes from Mandy. Oh. Who has such a sweet voice? Like I re- when I he- first heard her send a message. This is also the Mandy who's listened to so many of our podcasts that she now has a British accent. <laughs> do you remember from last week? I, I do. Know. So yeah, so here's here's Mandy's question. Hi Nora and Holly, this is Mandy and I'm from LA. I wanted to know a bit more about you guys. I want to know what brought you both to China, why you chose to come to China. I know you started off as English teachers, but how did you get out of the teaching world? Also about your significant others, how did you guys meet? And what do you think the future brings for you? Do you think you'll stay in China until you're 85 or only a few more years? Or where do you see yourself after China? Thanks so much, guys. Love your show. Okay, so it's not just one question. Looks like it's basically okay. a group of four, yeah. four major questions. Yeah. I didn't think anyone would be interested in hearing about all this, like about <laughs> us. <laughs> well, yeah. 
Uh, but we like talking about ourselves. Yeah, Why we do. Not? I guess, um, I mean, although it's obviously a bit of an ego thing, <laughs> um, uh, hopefully our story can help. Maybe Ma- I don't know. I, I can't remember if Mandy's thinking about coming. I think maybe she is think- considering coming to teach for uh, like maybe over the summer mm. period. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah, so some of these things we did talk about in the, our very, very, very first episode. Mm. So the first question that she's asking, which is what brought us to China, I think we can just really briefly talk about that, because I think that we covered that more or less in the episode one. We but did. The, but the quality, that was our first right, ever right, podcast right, 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 ever, right. ever, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. So we were nervous. quite nervous and not as bantery. And it's it's kind of funny to go back and listen yeah. to that. A bit, a bit awkward to say the least. Yeah, I for think. sure. For sure awkward. So have a, you can have a laugh and go back and listen to that if you're interested in more of our story. But in, in a nutshell, Holly, what brought you to China? Uh, okay, in a nutshell. Uh, so... I was working a job I wasn't really enjoying. Like I'd finished my degree, and uh, also I t- like I'd done some t- like uh, teacher training, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I was stuck in this dead end job. And then my boyfriend at the time, he is a musician, and he got a job uh, with an agency who uh, who take mu- who take musicians or bands all over the world, and uh, it, it happened that they were offered a, a job a job here in Shenzhen in the the Venetian hotel which mm. is in Nanshan mm-hmm. and it was a four month contract and so he came out here with the band and I was like I'd done some research and found that teaching here was f- fairly easy you know to come across a mm-hmm. job and uh, so we packed up and came here and uh, I didn't go back home <laughs> <laughs> so he went back and you stayed yeah. Yeah. nice one Yes. You've been here ever since. How, when, mm. Which year was that? 2011, maybe? I want to say 10. No. So you've been here six years? No, I've been here five years. So it's 11. 11. Must be. Yeah, that's right. I don't do maths. <laughs> ever. <laughs> nice. Yeah, what about you, Nora? Well, for me, it was, all, it was similar. The, I mean, I was just bartending because I had been um, putting putting myself through college bartending mm-hmm. and then um when I graduated I studied international business and when I graduated it was 2008 and if you'll remember the economy was total crap at that time yeah. so I graduated and there weren't any there were some jobs available but they were nothing that was very exciting to me nothing that really made me want to give up my freedom I always wanted to travel actually I had studied uh, and worked in Chile for a while, because as part of the degree, you have to, like, go and do an cool. internship abroad. And so that was the first time that I had spent any significant time abroad, and I just found that experience so... I don't know, I just found that that was one of the highlights of the whole four years at college, and that I learned so much. I mean, learn another language, learn about another culture, or you just... Your mind is just turned around, basically, and I didn't want to... I had thought about, okay, if I join a big company, maybe in a few years, then Mm -hmm. I'd be sent here or there. But often those business trips are really short, and it's not like you have much time to explore abroad. Yeah. So point being, I wasn't interested in waiting my turn in line in hopes of getting a chance to travel more. Yeah. So instead, um, 
I <clears throat> chose to come to China just strategically, just because, I mean, I looked at the countries around the world and I thought, which, where would give me the biggest advantage in my future career? And to me, it was no doubt that it would be China because everything's made here. Even if I was just somewhat familiar with the culture, I thought it would give me a leg up in a lot of different industries. So I came and I was, uh, I just found a job online teaching and I decided to come to a city that wasn't one of the major coastal cities like Beijing, Shanghai, or Shenzhen. So my first year I was in Sichuan province, which is in the middle of China, in Chengdu. So I got the real authentic (laughs) experience and and yeah, after that, I decided I wanted to stay, and I've been here, yeah, I've been here since 2009, so I've been here coming on seven years. Mm. I love how you said, like, oh yeah, my story is kind of similar to yours, but in actual fact, you actually considered your move here, like, you thought logically about, oh, where should I go? Someone said to me, do you want to go to Shenzhen? I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. I've never heard of the city, but pff, yeah, okay. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I didn't think that much about it. I mean, I, I just thought of it basically like in an afternoon. I was like, hmm, what do I want to do with my life? I think I'll go here. <laughs> so it's not like I really analyzed every uh, detail. I was like, I didn't really, I was kind of silly, to be honest. Like, I didn't really look into the agency that I had found who got me the job. I didn't really, like, talk to anybody mm. who had done it through them before. So I did end up getting ripped off, as you always do with an agency. Um, So that was a learning experience, but it was fine. I mean, it was fine. Mm. Um, So, I mean, I didn't really put... I just remember sitting on the plane and thinking, (laughs) on my way over here and thinking, wait a minute, like, what What am I doing? I'm, like, by myself, you know. At at the time, I was in a four-year relationship, too, and it was funny because we just never talked about it. I was like, I think I'm going to go to China. And he's like, okay. Wow. <laughs> and I just came also, over. Also, you came, I, I didn't. I hadn't realized that, that you were like in that relationship we when were still, you came here. Yeah, we were still in the relationship. Oh, wow. And then I got here and I'm like, I am on the other side of the planet. Yeah, this is not going to And so we ended up splitting up. But yeah. but it was just, yeah, that's how little I thought of. I didn't wow. even tie my loose ends before, mm. before I left. I was just like, I'm going to China. See ya. Yeah, well, I don't know about you, but I honestly really only expected to be here for like, I mean, six months max. Mm. Like, I thought, oh yeah, like, basically it was like a working holiday in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought, oh yeah, I can get a job teaching, like, make some decent, like, at least make some money. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at the time when I was in the UK, we were struggling to pay rent and just, you know, we couldn't afford a car because for those of you who are, pro- who are from the UK, you know, insurance is very expensive um, for a car. You know, we, we, we didn't have any luxuries. Mm-hmm. Not that our life was bad per se, but, you know, as soon as I got out here, it was like, woo, party. You know, yeah, the, the... here it's really nice. You can basically live whatever lifestyle. I mean, obviously in moderation, but I never count my pennies no, me here. No, me neither. I'm just like freely spend money, freely go out to eat, freely go out, sure. whatever, on the town and stuff like that, take taxis, every, all these luxuries that I wouldn't be able to do in the States without seriously considering my finances at the end of the week. Yeah. Yeah, this, it's very rare that I have to like, I mean, I do, but that's only just as a, you know, for to have willpower to say, okay, like, I've been a bit frivolous this this month, mm. like, I'll just chill out. But even and wait when you are frivolous, salary. you still end up saving money. 
Oh, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, of course. Because yeah, the other absolutely. thing that's, like, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in the States, it's, like, everybody's trying to give you credit cards, like, mm-hmm. candy. They're yeah. just passing them out. And so it's really easy to get in that cycle where it's like, well, I don't have the money right now, but I'm going to have a really soon. But in China, it's very difficult to get a credit yeah. card. And for foreigners, I don't even know if it's possible. I mean, maybe it's possible, but you need quite a lot of money in your bank account in order to yeah. prove that you're not going to take off with the with the credit. So mm-hmm. you have to, I mean, you can't spend what you don't have. Right. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. Yeah, it, it helps. That, that system helps to balance your kind of balance your life out but, mm. but at the end of the month i'm always saving something oh me too sometimes more than others but <laughs> yeah yeah for sure definitely cool well how about the next question so mandy's next question was how did you get out of the teaching world mm. well you did that way before me so maybe you should start with that okay so um yeah so i taught for the first year and to be honest i didn't enjoy it mm. very much I like the kids, but they, I mean, this school, it was maybe 6,000 students altogether, and I was one of three foreign teachers, and so we were the spectacle, and it was out in the middle of nowhere, and the classroom size was 60 children in a classroom, and I had middle school students. So I had 60 children in one classroom, and not only that, but um, I only had each class for 45 minutes or 50 minutes each week. So once a week, 60 students. So I had thousands of students. I had, I think, 1,200 to 1,400 students per week. Wow. So you can't really get to know them and no. learn how to, like, control them and, you know, <clears throat> learn what works because each classroom is different. And yeah. they, they have them divided into levels. So, like, some classrooms were pretty good and well-behaved because the teachers were, you know, more strict Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. taught them how to behave, and then others were just completely wild and a total mess. And the the teachers that usually had the classes would just disappear. During that time. Yeah, I had no, like, assistance or anything like that. So I'd just, Mm -hmm. like, walk in there. The kids don't understand what I'm saying. So it was pretty rough, and I didn't really enjoy it that much. But at the same time, it was, I mean, it was bearable. So I decided... I wanted to stay in China for another year after the contract had ended, and I said, well, um, I want to go somewhere that's more subtropical. Like, I wanted to be somewhere that was subtropical, and that also spoke Mandarin, and Shenzhen is the only place like that. Because mm-hmm. if you'll know, all the cities in southern China, for the most part, at least in Guangdong province, speak Cantonese as the main dialect, but since Shenzhen is an artificial city, and um, people came from all over the place. The, the population is made up of people from all over China, so it's the lingua franca is Mandarin here. So those are really the only two things that I considered. I had never been here before. I hadn't known anybody who had been here before. Yeah. So I just found a company um, who was based in Shenzhen, and I got a teaching job there. But the way I got out of it, so I, I realized really quickly after getting to Shenzhen and starting this second teaching job that Teaching really wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah. That company was okay. Like, I worked, um, it was more one-on-one or small classroom, which was definitely preferable Mm -hmm. to what I was doing before. Yeah. And the salary was way higher. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like four times as much. Um, But I just realized it wasn't for me. So what I just quit. I just straight up quit. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And I kind of went broke, basically. 
And um, at the time, I had a roommate, and she was, like, paying our rent. I was really lucky to have her. She was paying our rent. And for about a month, I just applied. I found one of those websites that's, like, a job board. Mm -hmm. But it was, like, specifically for Shenzhen and um, in English. Yeah. And then I just, like, applied to a bunch of different jobs. Yeah. And I just wanted to kind of sample, so I started working part-time for a couple different companies just to see because I didn't want to like make a firm commitment mm-hmm. with anybody so um I I one of the jobs was here at written Chinese yeah so so I started here in 2010 and it's been well, it's been about five a little over five yeah. years now it's pretty cool yeah it was pretty cool yeah, this I, is yeah. a great find. Yeah, definitely. And I'm a relative relative newbie to written Chinese, but I feel relative. like but I feel like I've been here for a long time. Not in a bad way, in a, in a really cool way. It's been two. Uh, years? Not quite. Yeah, almost two coming years. up to yeah. Yeah, it feels like time flies. It's crazy. I don't like. It's hard for me to remember what it was like working here without <laughs> you, Holly. <laughs> well, so my story was. Um, so I was, uh, in a kindergarten and actually that was the only place I ever worked. Um, and that's partially because if I'm comfortable, like I'm, I wasn't unhappy Mm -hmm. and I was very comfortable with everything. So I was, I never felt like, oh, you know, I, I need to look for a new job. Um, you know, I had some, uh, great colleagues who were friends Mm -hmm. and, the, the kids were fine. I had a good situation, like, with the teacher. So I wasn't unhappy. Um, but then you popped up <laughs> and said, oh, do you fancy a, fancy a job? And I was like, huh. <laughs> uh, I did, actually, it didn't really take me very long to think about it. I was like, why the heck not? Which is actually, obviously, a theme. As you can see, I made the same decision coming to Shenzhen <laughs> uh, as I did. But I don't, I mean, I don't know. I thought it's a... It was an opportunity to do something different, and I haven't regretted it. Since. I'm so glad you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. So my my story is much much simpler, um, but I do still have one student. Just I'm kind of f- friends like with his mom, so it's mm-hmm. it's a, a I don't know a re- relationship type class I don't you know yeah a lot of people still do private like they have a job outside of teaching and then they still do these private lessons here and there because mm. for one they're really well paid yeah that's it I mean for just an hour of your time you get quite a bit of, I mean for Shenzhen the base salary is like for an hour is like 250 I'd say something like yeah, that yeah these days yeah it's definitely yeah. gone up so that's what 30 between thirty, like thirty-five and forty dollars, yeah, something like that, for an hour. And I mean, if you're doing a couple of those, let's say you do one at the end of your work or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, that money really adds up. And a lot of times there are other perks too. Like the parents are generally That's really it. generous and like taking you to lunch and mm-hmm. giving you gifts. And it's just, yep. it's really, it's really well paid job doing those kind of things so a lot of people do that they find another job just because they're interested in 
pursuing something that's closer to their career. Yeah. And then, um, and then they still keep some of these privates. But in general, in terms of finding a job that is not related to teaching, it does take a little maneuvering. Um, like I said, what my strategy was just to like apply at a bunch of different jobs, mm-hmm. and like I went on a ton of interviews. Right. And to be honest, most of them were crap. Like wow. the jobs were. I don't know even why they posted the jobs. Like, either they didn't seem serious about hiring somebody and they just, like, wanted to... I'm not sure what their angle was putting their jobs up there, but... Or it was, like, this, the pay was really, really low or just the environment wasn't very good. So I had to go through a lot of duds before finding this one. So it yeah. does take a lot of persistence. But I think... Um, you can also get creative in how you approach it. Like, mm-hmm. I think if I were to, like, if this company weren't to exist now, if I were to go out just without any connections and find something, I think I would just start, like, stalking a company, like, a couple companies. <laughs> this is what I would do. I would say, like, okay, this company is doing some really interesting mm-hmm. things. And I would just literally start hanging around the company, like physically, like going over there and like hanging around there and just checking (laughs) out what it's about and Mm -hmm. maybe start rubbing some elbows with some people who work there and just find out what the situation is and then figure out what kind of value I could add to the company and then just find the way to put that value in front of the face of somebody who it would matter to. Yeah. That would be my strategy rather than doing the job board thing yeah there's an um i don't know if this is a recent thing in shenzhen but for the last two years at least there have been um foreign uh job fairs i mean specifically aimed to to foreigners okay and there are lots and lots of different businesses and i would assume that those businesses were serious about hiring people because i think they have to pay yeah for like a stall i'm sure and it's probably not cheap um and so I, i think those things now get quite a lot of you know interest nice yeah yeah and that's nice because you can you can hit a lot of places at once instead of what i mean Mm -hmm. it took me a lot of time that first month when i quit teaching like just traveling because shenzhen is a massive city yeah so getting some places takes like 45 minutes depends on where you're going and so it takes up a lot of time to go on all these interviews and check Mm -hmm. it out and especially if it's a dud it's like okay i just traveled 40 minutes to get here and i have to travel 40 minutes to get back and they also employ the strategy of making you wait it's like a power strategy Mm -hmm. when you get there they always make you wait yeah for the interview for like 15 20 minutes you're sitting there just waiting yeah which is really obnoxious so so yeah so um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely easier to get a teaching job, let's be honest. It's still much easier, but it's definitely, I mean, first of all, you can get over here and still not know what you want to do because you can live really cheaply for a while, even if you have a little bit of money saved up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And kind of like suss things out. You don't have to have it figured out before you get here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you can give yourself some time to just kind of explore and maybe hang around where some of the other foreigners are hanging around yeah. just to get some insights from yeah, them. Sure. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways to kind of infiltrate the system and and get a job. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So what about the next question? So 
Holly, how did you meet your significant other? Um, how did we meet? We met through a mutual friend, who was also a colleague of mine. And they had met on um, a forum, like a... I can't remember which, which forum, particularly, and they, they must have had some banter between the two of them, and then for some reason... this I mean, this is certainly not something I, don't, I think I would ever do. Um, our friend said, "Oh, like, do you want to come up, like, and meet for for a drink?" <laughs> Sounds like a dodgy setup. Um, <laughs> and that's how they met, and they became friends. Um, and at the time, Barrett was in Bowan, which was uh, oh, I didn't in the realize sticks. he was in Bowen yeah, too, so Lotto was also in Bowan. Yeah, so and he brought our men into the twenty first century. I'm absolutely. telling you. <laughs> well, his situation was sort of like yours, actually. He came over, or he was brought over by a company. Mm. I mean, I don't know if they paid for flights and everything, but it was definitely arranged before he got here. And, of course, they made it sound like the school, oh, you know, you're going to get this, and, like, you're going to have your like your own apartment, we're going to give you a room, um, this, this, and this, and it sounded really great to him. Yeah. But then when he got here, um, he, basically, the school had just um, just bought... I don't know if it was like a hospital or something. It was like a derelict hospital that they were <laughs> going to turn into apartments. So basically, there were no apartments, and he slept like for the first week or something. He slept on you know like a trolley bed. Oh. I bet it was really creepy as well. Yeah, super. Creepy. Anyway, so <laughs> that was his story. And then when he met our friend Alex, he basically said, uh, "Come on, mate, like get out." And he didn't have anything. Like he didn't have any money because. I guess with many like schools that bring foreigners to China, there's always like a deal like you you know your salary is quite small, but they say oh but we're gonna pay for everything for you and yeah. that's how a lot of foreigners get like tripped up unfortunately. Um, yeah, for sure. Those agencies are so bad. Right. So somehow he managed to get. I don't know if he got out of the contract or or whether he was still working for the school, but he definitely got out of Bao. Yeah. <laughs> and he moved to Futian, which is where we are now and. He said the reason why he wanted to be so far out was because he thought that that would be a better experience. Like, he would <clears throat> meet, like, you know, he would experience the real mm. China. Like, he would, there wouldn't be anyone who spoke very much English. Like, he would have to communicate in Chinese. Well, he's um, right. I mean... Yeah, absolutely. But I think he, I think he went a little bit stir-crazy after a while of realizing there are no, there's no one like me here. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, but we met one night. We, you know, our friend had arranged some night out, and that's how we met. And there's no particular excitement over our meeting. It just happened, and we went out a few times, and and then... And then then wedding bells. Yeah, very soon, very soon. A couple of months, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, Mm. I met Slotto through one of those, um, like part-time jobs on the weekend so yeah. we were judging an english-speaking competition I did one of those yeah yeah it was like an all-day saturday thing uh-huh. for a one-time payment or whatever i think it was 500 quiet now that i'm remembering it was really not that much money but at the time it was like when i was I trying to sort things out and i just needed the cash mm-hmm. and so i was a judge and he was a judge <laughs> and yeah we met and the rest is history. We got married three, almost three years ago. It's funny because in general, I think the environment is not great for foreign women to find men. I agree. Um, 
It's, but at the same time, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you meet people out here, they're often your type of people because they've kind of been filtered through because the only people that are here are people who are like adventurous enough and like Mm. interested enough and brave enough to come out to China. So they already have certain kind of qualities that, that I, I don't know. I just find like quite a few of the people that I meet here, um, I just instantly have some kind of a connection connection with. I, the, about the women finding like, or having relationships, I used to think, I did, I did used to think that actually, but like, haven't been here five years actually, I, I have met like quite a few women who have had like, or have relationships with people and like, so I'm not sure if that is true now. I I don't. I think I'm not that sure. like, yeah, it's probably it's probably better now because there's a lot. Well, in Shenzhen in particular, there are a lot of foreign men here. Yes. Um, and a but a, it's it's funny because it depends. A lot of times it depends on how long the guy has been here. Because a lot of times he gets here and he's like a kid in a candy shop and they have like yellow yeah. fever and right. then right. they go mental and right. they date all these Chinese girls usually multiple at the same time. Yep. And then they get it out of their system, and then they get really lonely because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, even though the girls are pretty and cute, they don't get their sense of humor. Mm-hmm. They can't really talk to them, and so I think that they, I've seen it happen quite a lot where it's like the guy is like having. We have a mutual friend who is going back to Canada now for the same reason. When he got here, it was all psyched about, it and he was dating all these Chinese women, and then. He was like, oh, I really actually want a meaningful relationship. relationship. Not that it can't be meaningful to a Chinese person by any means, but I'm just saying it's a lot harder to find that connection when you also have this cultural barrier. Mm. So it's interesting when you see men who are here for a year or two versus ones that have been here for four years or yeah. something like that. Because they, then they get really ready. It's almost like they start, they really appreciate a good foreign mm. woman. So yeah. it's... Yeah, it can go both ways. Yeah, for sure. All the, I mean, there's a lot of them that settle, actually do settle down eventually with it, with the Chinese woman too. Mm-hmm. But either or, they do get that out of the system and they, they settle down, I think. Most of them seem to, right? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, so talking, I was thinking about this, how did we meet, or how did we meet our significant others? So yesterday, we, um, we went to a bridal fair, which was a... <laughs> Uh, I don't really know how to explain it. It was it was an affair. It was basically. like being attacked by a bunch of bees. <laughs> it was it was weird. Anyway, that's not the point. So we're walking back, and you we started to talk about an agent that we both knew. Oh yeah. And you said to me, "Oh, like, actually, he kind of it was because of him that you met Zlatov." Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, actually. He is also the reason why I met Zato. So it's kind of strange. Like, I was thinking, wow, that guy actually, he was a character, but actually, if I hadn't have known him, I would never have worked at Tongabora and I would never have known um, anyone, in fact. All of you, I mean, maybe we could have, we might have met at some other point. Yeah. Our paths, I think, would have crossed at some point. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because he's the type of, he, because he coordinates all these events and stuff for foreigners, yep. so it just makes sense that you, you know, we all kind of got wrangled by this guy, mm. 
And yeah, I was uh, not really expecting. I think also like the mindset, if you're coming here to try and meet a person to spend your life with, I think you're I think you're going to be bitterly mistaken. disappointed. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because I had a friend who was here before who was really, I mean, she really wanted a boyfriend. Mm. And you could just see it's just like, you go down all these roads, and well, I think that's always how it is, no matter where you are. I feel like it's if you really, really are desperate, then it just never happens. Like, yeah. whereas if you're just kind of going about your business, and usually seems to pop up and surprise you, and like mm-hmm. just get you when you're not looking for it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's yeah. the same principle here, mm-hmm. especially because you just don't see a lot of eligible men here. I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, you want somebody who you can communicate clearly with yeah. and who has similar values and who you be, like, a lot of, I mean, we've, we've done an entire episode about our Chinese men boyfriend material, yeah. so if you're more interested in about, about that, then listen to that episode. I forget which one it is, but I if you search... Really. I think it was one of our early ones, but... Yeah, but if you go to RinChinese.com and you type in the search bar, like, Chinese boyfriend, I'm sure it'll come yeah, up. You I'm can not... find the episode there, and we talk all about... What our opinion is about dating Chinese men. Mm. I think one of the other things about uh, dating in China is that, or especially in Shenzhen, is that it's very much like a business city. People come here to do business. So you might meet someone that you click with, but chances are they're just here on business. And Mm. that also creates problems. That's a good point. But on the other hand, Hong Kong is right around the corner too, and Hong Kong is full of beautiful men. Yeah, who are here long term. Who are like born, you know, they're foreigner, but but they're born Mm -hmm. in Hong Kong, and like they're here to stay. You know, they they're Hong Kongers, Hong Kongers. Yeah. So that's true. Yeah, if you really want to get a good, you know. Some good eye candy. Just, yeah, pop just go over, over to what Long Kai Fong, right? Yeah, Long Kai Fong's right? always got that's a fun place. Really nice looking men walking walking around. <laughs> yeah. So the last question is, what will the future bring? Will you stay in China, and what about after China? Hmm, I don't know the answer to that. I also don't know the answer to that. I thought I knew the answer. So to did that I. So many times. So did I. <laughs> the thing is, is that. Um, our situation, when I say our, I mean, like, mine and Barrett's situation seems to change. And it's not, actually, it's not just about us. It's about our, like, fr- you know, friends and everyone around us. And, um, and work and things like that. And so, we, you know, we've gone through periods of time where maybe one of us has thought, oh, like, maybe, you know, it's time, mm-hmm. you know, start to think about what's going to happen. And, and I suppose once... You know, once we got engaged, you know, we start to think about the future, uh, you know, bringing up kids, where would we want to be and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, we, st- we still we still don't know. We still don't know the answer. And a lot of it also has to do with outside forces. I mean, now the mm. uh, the economy in the States is doing better than it was when I first came to China, but it's still not ripe with opportunities. Right. And the situation in Europe is pretty dire right now with yeah. all these... Well, I won't get into no, the politics not, not. <laughs> of this. Yeah. But the point is, it's not just... I mean, China is a really... First of all, it's very safe. Um, and it's still 
even though you might hear on the news, oh, the market is crashing in China. Well, it just means the percentage of growth mm. has decreased slightly, but it's still way higher than anywhere, anywhere else. else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at least in, in when we're talking about large economies. So it's still, uh, yeah, it's not just about, like, how do I feel about life in China? It's also just you have to be a bit pragmatic. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. okay, so... When I leave China, what am I going to do? Because honestly, the salary that I have here, the lifestyle that I have here is really good. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of my friends who are in the States, who are working their butts off, they don't enjoy the same luxuries that right. I do here. Yeah. And I'm learning, you know, like I really think learning Chinese is a huge advantage to mm -hmm. my business in the future, whatever I do. Yeah. Even, I mean, anything, because Chinese people are just traveling outside of China so much. So if it's tourism industry, if it's real estate, if it's, who knows, like if you're selling designer jewelry, bags, clothing, whatever, mm -hmm. I mean, speaking Chinese is a huge advantage. So I don't know. At this point, I'm, I like my life here. So do I. I like the city. It, the city gets better and better every year. It gets yeah. more green and it gets, um, more convenient and there's more amenities and, it just seems to be all around just like more structured and organized and cleaner and the people are more it's becoming more culturally similar to Hong Kong in a lot of ways yeah. like people start waiting in line to get on the metro instead of just pushing you and you know, like a lot of things like that which are actually rather quickly changing yeah and it, which makes just makes your life so much more pleasant I think. yeah but at the same yeah. time, so Mandy was asking, like, are we going to be here till we're 80? Oh. <laughs> that, I, that I can't say because it's very, very, first of all, it's very, very expensive to buy property. The apartment that I'm living in now would cost me a million dollars to buy, which is just ridiculous. A mm -hmm. um, million U.S. dollars. <laughs> um, and it's not a huge, I mean, it's three bedroom, but it's like, it's not a massive apartment. It's. It's nice, but yeah. come on, a million dollars, please, without even a parking spot or like a patch of you know, like a garden or something on the mm -hmm. roof, right? Nothing, just just that square yeah. of space. That's insane. And then also, as foreigners, our situation is very tentative. We only are issued um, residence permits for one year at a time. Yeah. So who knows? Like. In a couple of years from now, the government might not let us renew our visa. So you can't yeah. exactly put down roots the same way as you could somewhere else. Because yeah. we don't have a... There's just no legal recourse. Like, if we buy property here and we have our business here and then the government just, just decides to right. say, like, okay, no more visas mm -hmm. for foreigners or whatever, you know, you have to have special certification to live here as a foreigner. There's nothing you can do. You right. just got to get out. It's true. And I think the how the government feels about foreigners can change very quickly. Mm -hmm. From one minute they're saying we don't want any, we don't want more foreigners. We're trying to stop foreigners coming into the country, but then they want to bring foreigners in to to work. You know, skilled. Oh yeah, skilled, we should yeah. notice that. So they were saying skilled like foreigners. So a one-time like, payment mm. of like nine hundred thousand dollars to relocate to Shenzhen mm. if you needed another reason to come to Shenzhen. If you're if they're they're paying crazy amounts yeah. of money for top talent here because they want this city to be as innovative as possible and in general Chinese people aren't like the they lack this innovative like because they the creativity is just not nurtured yeah. here yeah so they're just bringing it in 
from <laughs> they're just like importing it from it. outside. Yeah. Like they do everything else. So so yeah, it's really interesting to see what's gonna happen. They mm-hmm. said they're gonna be opening ten more than ten thousand apartments specifically for people relocating yeah. here. Maybe I should we should link the article. Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah. send you the link to it. Yeah. Um on the on the other side of things, like for me personally, the reason why I I don't think I can I can stay here for a long a long time. Although the city is changing very quickly, I just I feel like I miss like n- silly normal things like going to the supermarket and having and and look like going to like a fridge and looking at all these like cheeses. <laughs> and like it sounds so stupid, but whenever I go to Hong Kong, I I need like I I need to go into a supermarket and look at all these like normal like like you know air, air quotes normal things that I want to be able to buy. But you can buy them here, but it's not like it's not as simple as going to the supermarket. Mm-hmm. What about Hong Kong? Because in Hong Kong, it is that simple. So yeah, it is. Would you ever live like? Would you consider living in Hong Kong? Um, I don't know. But I guess that would be all also to do with the money, right? Because yeah. it's super expensive to live yeah, there. Yeah, it's quite a bit more expensive living yeah. there. Yeah, so um, if you want to help Nora and I buy an <laughs> apartment in Shenzhen, uh, go to writtenchinese.com and download the Written Chinese Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It won't cost you a thing. <laughs> uh, right. That's a good way to end it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, hey, do you have a word of the week for us? I think I'll do a simple one. Okay. Um, so this is like one of the first words you'll ever learn when you come to China, mm-hmm. and that's Waigoren. Oh. So Waigoren just means foreigner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll put the link to the to our dictionary on our writtenchinese.com slash episode 52, uh, where you can see all the, like, any links and things that we've mentioned in mm-hmm. the post. Um, so, uh, as you heard, Mandy left us a voicemail message. If you would like to do the same thing, please go to writtenchinese.com slash voicemail and leave us your message. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you may have left us questions on Facebook and wherever else, which is cool, but please be aware that we are going to favor <laughs> the voicemails. So. But you won't slip through the cracks. No, We've we, got we, them all yeah, saved. They're and all there. Yeah, they're all there. But yeah, when mm-hmm. we get... A voicemail, we usually bump it up. Yeah, because we love the sound of your voice. We do, we do. We want to know you're a real person, not a robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I uh, hope we hope you tune in again next week for episode 53. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.